Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. My friends, did you know that money itself is not bad and good people like you, I know, deserve to have more money in your bank account to do much more good. And my next guest is one of my all-time favorite people on this planet. He's my brother from another mother. He's been on the show before. His name is Derek Kinney. And believe it or not, this is a even deeper conversation actually about how you can make more money for yourself to do more good in this world. And I mean, who doesn't like having more money in their account? I mean, it's a, it's a needed thing in this world. But my guest, Derek, believes that money is not bad and good people just like you should have more of it to do more good in the world. His mission is to teach others how to navigate beliefs about money that are holding them back and how to change their money mindset for the better. He's helping make complex financial topics easy to understand, and that's what you're going to get definitely in this conversation. Derek is a regular on local and national media, where he has been interviewed on CNBC, Fox News, CNN, uh, Fox Business, and many, many more. But it all started for Derek in a grade 10 election class where he wanted to become a class president. And guess what? Derek ran a very successful financial planning business, which he eventually did sell. And then Derek launched into Good Money Framework. And he also hosts the popular podcast, Good Money Podcast, which you can go and check out. I have been a guest on the show. And, you know, whenever I have a conversation with Derek, we always find ourselves going for ages and feeling so much upbeat and uplifted as a result because that's what, you know, his energy is infectious and I know that you guys are really going to love this conversation. Derek has a brand new book, which I highly recommend that you go and get a copy of it. It is so different and so much better than all the other financial and money books that I have read, believe it or not. This is personal. It has purpose behind it. It is real. It's authentic. And 
Most importantly, it has got some great stories in it to make the hard uh, things simplified. That's one of the reasons why I love this book and also because my friend Derek wrote it. It's called Good Money Revolution, How to Make More Money to Do More Good in This World. And you can go and pre-order a copy of the book right now. And guess what? I have a very special offer for you guys. So Derek and I have decided to partner up to do even more good in this world. So we want to pay off $100,000 of medical debt, believe it or not. Medical debt is one of those crippling things uh, that one in five Americans suffer with as well, which is crazy to think about that. So all you need to do to help us both pay off $100,000 of medical debt is pre-order Good Money Revolution. And Derek Kinney will donate to RIP Medical Debt. So in order to do this, uh, I have a link provided for you guys. All you need to do is uh, click on the link, follow all the instructions on there, pre-order a copy. Everything is made simple for you, but it's called goodmoneygives.com, goodmoneygives.com. And our goal is actually to hit 250 pre-orders to eradicate $100,000 of medical debt. So if you want to give to an even better cause, then by pre-ordering a copy of the book, then Derek will also give uh, to pay off $100,000 of medical debt. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, honestly, so help show support to Derek and get well, get a copy of the book and you won't go wrong. Trust me, it's an investment in yourself and it's also an investment in helping other people at the same time, believe it or not. So my friends, you can do that at goodmoneygives.com. I will also be giving away two copies of uh, Good Money Revolution. So all you need to do with that is leave a rating and review over on our podcast Um or Spotify, make sure to uh, screenshot that and send it to me or DM it to me, IMJ Phantom or the Storybox podcast. Let me know that you have left a rating and review and you'll go in the running to getting a copy of Good Money Revolution. So I want to give back to you guys as well and say thank you. This is a book that is going to help change your life for the better, change your mindset around money. It is one of, seriously, one of the best financial or money-related books that I've read, and I've read quite a few of them, believe it or not. Uh, so I know this is going to help you guys so much. So don't forget to help support Derek by pre-ordering a copy of the book. And also, if you want to go into the running to win a copy of the book, it's for American and Australian audiences as well. Uh, but if you are around the world, then please let me know where you are and I'll make sure that can happen for you. Let's start this massive revolution, the good money revolution. You can be a part of it. I know you guys are going to help support Derek and his worthy cause. So my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, the stories and learn how to make more money and do more good into this world with my good friend and my brother from another mother, Derek Kinney. Hey, thank you, Jay. You are a motivation, man. Anytime I come on your show, if I'm feeling down or had a rough day, I'm feeling pumped up being with you right now. So I love our time together. Love, love, love it. The feeling is definitely mutual, my friend, and you've been such an incredible support to me and my audience. So I, I when when you told me that you were writing a book, I'm like, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> this is going to change a lot of lives, including my own. And I mean, who doesn't want to make more money, right? I mean, that is 
one of one of my goals, not my main goal, but one of the goals in my repertoire among the many others. But, you know, for this conversation, I want to bring as much value to your new book, your work as, as, as possible. But there's been a burning question in my mind uh, for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and maybe you've been asked this question. Maybe you haven't. But why is it? And I'm, I'm going to start deep in this conversation. You probably already know that. But why is it that some bad people are able to receive more money or they have more money than good people sometimes are bad people still deserving of more money the same as good people yeah that's a really heavy question right there and you know are there bad people in the world yes are there bad people with money in the world yes what i would contend though is that because there are some bad people in the world with money doesn't mean a good person can have money and not be bad. Yep. And so that's the whole point of this is, you know, we often talk and we vilify those people with huge amounts of money and we automatically assume they're doing bad. Now, keep in mind, there are a lot of bad people in the world with money doing bad things. Yep. So I can either choose to waste a lot of emotional energy and burn the brain cells, as I like to say, criticizing them, or I can say, you know what? I've got one life and that's the one I'm living right now. I can choose to compare and criticize or I can choose to make my life the best version that I can possibly make it and not do what they're doing, but instead be a good person that makes a lot of good money, as I like to call it, and actually do more good in the world. Because a lot of people shy away from this whole topic of money, Jay. It's sort of like sex and religion it's these taboo topics and nobody's better because topics aren't talked about. I like to get in the crunchy details and the real and the raw. And that's where this whole concept came out of, especially 2022. People are wanting a reset. Yeah. Their lives have changed. I mean, my gosh, we're wearing pajamas half the day now, for goodness sakes, out of COVID. And we're all thinking differently. And I think it's time to think differently about our money. And I just want to empower people to say, your past has passed. Yeah. Whatever you've done with money up to this point is in the rearview mirror. We want to look in the windshield and say, that's my financial future. And I want to help you make the very best of it possible. I think you answered that brilliantly. I want to give, like, I want to make the distinction between what makes a good person good in the first place. And in terms of the money context, like we, we believe we are a good person that is deserving of more money, I guess, I guess the bad person would think that he's good because he's got X amount of dollars in his account and he's somewhat giving that sort of thing. So what is the distinction between a good person that is deserving of more money and a bad person that is, I guess, deserving of more money too, if this question makes any sense at all? Yeah, yeah. So I think about it in two different camps, Jay. One would be, you know, you look at dictators, you look at political people who are oppressing their people and you see a country where there's pockets of wealth and typically it's in their pocket is where the wealth is but everybody else is suffering mm. i would call that and most reasonable people would say that's a bad person that's a bad dude because of how they're treating and oppressing people not just financially but physically and emotionally he's he's withholding any bit of opportunity from them now let's take a ceo who is very very successful 
and that person is criticized regularly for not paying his employees or her employees well or not providing benefits or not giving them a life outside of the life he demands of them in the job, you could make a claim that's a bad person as well. Now, both have merits on either side. The bottom line is, is that what you want to be? As you watch this right now, do you want to be in that camp of being the dictator oppressing people or the corporate titan oppressing people? Both of those people are withholding the potential that can be extracted from people to help make their companies and their countries better, but also their lives better. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jay, you and I, we're sort of brothers from another mother in the sense that we both believe that people have potential and it needs to be extracted. And my core is the people's financial potential, whether they're making minimum wage, living a minimum wage life right now, or they're super wealthy. Ultimately people realize that having money isn't the end. It's adding meaning to your money that gives you the fulfillment you want and really gives you the life that you've always wanted. So for I've heard this uh, many, many times, you know, people saying, you know, go chase money, go grab it, do whatever it takes in order to make money, um, sell like crazy kind of attitudes. And it doesn't matter if you're throwing people on, on the bus to get there, as long as you're actually making the almighty dollar. Is that a, does that make you a good person or a bad person? Because you might be a good person, right? Like internally, but the way you're acting isn't. So if, is that question <laughs> making any sense? I'm trying to. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, you know, I, I think about the person who is a, the aggressive salesperson won't take no for an answer, pushy, the person that's actually pretty annoying. If they're making a lot of money and providing for their family, mm-hmm. well, you, you could say, Hey, maybe that is a good person. Yeah. Uh, I don't tend to think like that. I, I like to provide win-win solution. So I like to think that if I'm in sales, I'm approaching each potential customer in a way that respects them and adds value to them, that builds the relationship long-term, and they want to buy from me because they like me, they know me, they trust me, and then I can go home and lay my head on my pillow at night knowing that I didn't just sort of screw a lot of people around to provide for my family, is I helped make their families better and as a consequence, my family got better as well. So that, that again, is a way to flip the script because there's a lot of hardcore people out there that money is the idol. Money is the number one thing. But if you pull back the curtain, and I've met many of them, they'll tell you it, it's a short-term gain, long-term pain, and it doesn't create the life or the family they want if their family even stays together long-term. Thank you for being patient with me while I got to the question and for understanding (laughs) my brain for trying to figure it out. It's a good question. Yeah. It's a deep question, but it's a good question. Yeah. It's one of those ones where it makes sense in my brain, but then articulating it is a different story altogether. (laughs) So thank you for for helping me out there, which is why we're brothers from another mother too, because it helps. (laughs) But this idea of why money is, is so important in the first place I mean, has it always been that way or is it sort of more of a modern vernacular kind of thing or this idea that money is so vital that we must have it, we we need it that much to survive? Well, I think money has always been the currency of choice. It's a measurement of value. It's a way to make payment. It's a way to provide a means to an end, provide a living for people. 
What I think happened for me was over 25 years of working as a financial advisor, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, seeing everything from people who had committed financial infidelity, where they were buying things and not telling their spouses, to people who'd won the lottery, and everywhere in between. I, I dealt with it all and helped walk alongside people to figure out what was causing their financial pain and how, how could I help ease that financial pain? Mm. And what we realized was that money, when appropriately set as a goal, can be a great motivator. You know, for example, if you've got a college debt or a medical debt or you're behind in retirement or you want to save money for your son or daughter to go to college, that can drive you to get laser focused on, I need to be very productive and very successful to reach this goal. What I find though causes problems is when people sort of short circuit the cycle. It takes hard work. It takes effort. It takes drive. It takes grit. It takes perseverance. And when people want to skip over those things and try to make money easy and the overnight success, that's when they get into trouble. And when they begin to cut corners and their integrity gets questioned, that is not something you want. I mean, you know, we've talked before, you know, there's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, a good name. is better chosen than great riches. Now, I like great riches. Don't get me wrong. I've helped a lot of clients achieve that, but they're more fulfilled when they have a good name in their community and a good name to their son or their daughter or their spouse. You don't want to be living with someone who you know is a bad person financially. Speaking about that very line of thought for a moment, have you had, is there a story in your life where you came across that very thing where you had an opportunity to make a lot of money, but it went against everything you believed in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because as a financial advisor, you want to work with clients and that's how you grow your business. You know, anyone watching or listening right now that's in any type of a consultative sales position, the more people you bring in and help, the more money you're making. You know, in financial services, the more money I helped my clients make, the more money I made. It was a beautiful partnership. But there's always the temptation, Jay, that somebody that comes in with, a million dollars, $2 million. And you're thinking, man, this would be a great addition to our portfolio. I could really help them. But that gut feeling, that voice inside says, don't work with them. I mean, it's as loud as possible in your mind, only you can hear it. And I made that mistake many times early on in my business because I was like, I need to grow this. I need to build it. But what I learned is if I make that one mistake and I momentarily choose what I think could be a financial opportunity over the growth of the business. It affects me. It affects my team. It Mm. creates a lot of work to let a client go because of all the investment you've made in them. So what I learned is it's better to work with no one than the wrong one. And that's a lesson I think all people in sales and even in business can learn from. You want to always be stacking value, adding value to each relationship, because it's going to make you more valuable. Money chases value. So the more value you add, the more money will likely chase you. Then you get to decide how to direct that money for good. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I wouldn't be doing this if I had have taken a massive opportunity that was presented in front of him, which had a lot of money attached to it. And I knew that if I had have taken that opportunity, I would have done a damn fine job at it and would have climbed, climbed the corporate ladder and would have just had incentives and probably would have been in a much better financial position. But it went 
that gut feeling you were talking about, it went utterly against it. I just didn't feel right. Didn't feel like I would be happy in that position. Uh, even though I knew that I needed the money, I was in a dire financial strait at the time. So that was a very, very enticing deal for me to take, but I chose not to. And I'm so grateful now looking back that I didn't. And thankfully God provided as he always has and always does for me moving forward. So I, I really, un I understand this line of thought, but it is a difficult thing to do in the moment. So creating this mindset for a young person, especially the, 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 the good money mindset for a young person that is up against this, this battle of, in, of their integrity versus money. What advice would you give to them apart from just saying, Hey, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's important to know what's important to you, you know, especially someone listening that may be just out of college or in their first job or their second job, and they're still sort of finding their way. A, don't feel like you're locked in to what people told you you should do. Yeah. And don't feel like you're locked into what college you may have graduated from in that degree plan if you went to college. This is a time for you to figure it out. And what I would tell people is to use money as a positive lever. And a couple of tricks you want to play with yourself is, you know, if your boss came to you today and said to keep your job because business is declining, we need everyone to take a mandatory 20% pay cut. Well, that would be like a punch in the gut to most people. People are spending almost everything they're making or more. If you played that game when you first began your first job and lived 20% below your means and saved it and built up money to give away, to, to do the things you wanted to do, you would be in a much better financial situation. So it's all about, in the book, I talk about what's called the generosity purpose. And most financial planning starts off with, okay, I want to be able to retire at 65, have my kids go to college, I want to travel and see the world. And that can be good. But when times get lean, you begin to think, man, all my confidence is in my money. That's all I've got. And when it drops, you, you feel very unfulfilled. But what if you reverse that and say, I'm going to start all of that with what is the cause I care deeply about? What is the wrong in the world I want to right? What is the injustice I want to help solve? And let that guide you. Well, now there's a motivating factor that you can hook into that when times in your life are up or down, you're still helping make a difference in the world. And, you know, one of the examples, there was a, several clients I worked with that had the same situation. They, they just hated their job, Jay. And they would tell me that Sunday about four o'clock in the afternoon, it would hit them after a fun weekend. Oh, tomorrow's Monday. And it would cause anxiety, physical stress, because they went to a job that they felt didn't have any meaning whatsoever. And they repeated that every day, Monday through Friday. That is no way to live. And what we talked about was, what was a cause that they could tie into, begin to maybe even give 1%, 2%, $50, $100, whatever that was, where they felt like they're working with a purpose now. And guess what? Their whole attitude changed. They began to make more money at their job. They were more productive and they made a real difference in their local community. So what I'm not advocating in the book is, hey, just give, give, give. This is a model that when you give, it creates a motivation inside you to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to become more productive 
and I'll be able to make more money and then give more money. It's just a cycle of good that never, ever ends. You talk about one of the chapters in your book is towards uh, finding purpose and profits. And I'm curious, like for someone that doesn't even know their purpose at the moment, like what advice would you give to them? And how did you even find your purpose when it came to making money? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, I'll answer the second question first. When I first became a financial advisor, I always had a passion for supporting local education. I would give a $50 a gift card to a student of the month at a local high school, a teacher of the month. And these were all things that I thought when I was a student, what would I have liked someone to do to invest in me? Mm. And uh, about six months later, after doing this repeatedly, only because I wanted to as my passion, I began to get calls from people saying, hey, Derek, um, we saw you in the newspaper giving this award out. We'd like to work with you as our financial advisor. And, and Jay, that blew my mind. These were wealthy people and they're working with a 25-year-old really punk, just new in the business. And all I knew was I'm helping people with their money, but I have a passion for helping education. And what they said to me changed everything. They said, Derek, we can work with any advisor, but we want to work with an advisor that cares about the same things that we do. You care about the same problem we do and you're helping be a part of the solution. We want to work with you. Well, what started off as just charitable intent and helping my community ended up branding me as the financial advisor that cares about my local community. And it became the number one driver of new business to our firm. And what we would do is we would pick causes and let clients know that, hey, we want to invest your money and do it well. We want to make you money. That's our number one goal. But by the way, you're also part of something bigger. You're helping make education better here in Arlington. You're helping provide quality teaching. You're helping to recognize great educators. And our clients love that. And what I would tell you, just a quick story, a gentleman named uh, Dave came into my office. This was about 10 years ago. And you know those relationships, Jay, where you can just tell that something is off. Yeah. Just the body language. And his shoulders were slumped. He just kind of sat in his chair very meekly. And I said, Dave, obviously something's wrong. Tell me what's happening. And he opened up and he said, Derek, for the past couple months, I've just felt like I have no purpose in my job. He owned a successful company, small mm -hmm. business. His kids were involved, but he said, I'm mailing it in. I'm just showing up and going through the motions without any sense of excitement. Mm -hmm. And somehow the words shot out of my mouth, Jay. And I said, is there a cause that you care deeply about? I was as surprised I said it. And he was surprised that I said it as well. And he said, it's funny you say that because there was a village that my family and I went to a couple of years ago and there was a, a guide that took us around the village and they said, there really needs to be a schoolhouse here to help provide quality education. And because the lack of that, these students are not doing well education wise at all. And he remembered he and his wife looking at each other and, and kind of making that agreement that it'd be cool to fund a school. And I said, what if you took the next six months and you said, you're going to increase business by a certain amount and you'll take half of that increase and fund that school? Well, his eyes got as big as saucers. He left after some small talk. He came back in three months later. He looks younger. He's energetic. He's all in. I said, Dave, I got to tell you, the difference between now and then is striking. What happened? He said, Derek, you're not going to believe it. 
I was skeptical at first, he said, but I did what you said to do. We set this big goal and we shared with our customers our generosity purpose about this school we wanted to fund. We've already funded half the school. Business is already up 20% in the past three months. Here was a moment where I saw someone reaching inside them and pulling out, extracting their potential. It was a powerful moment. And it just taught me that for any business owners listening right now, when you can tie a cause to your cash, a purpose to your profits, meaning to your money, it differentiates yourself because people can buy your product or service probably from anybody, but they can't buy it from someone who also makes their world better with a cause they care deeply about. Hey, my friends, I apologize for taking you away from the conversation. I promise I won't be long. But if you want to help pay off $100,000 of medical debt, which one in three Americans suffer with, and if you want to help give back to this world a little bit more, then please go and pre-order a copy of Derek's brand new book, Good Money Revolution. I guarantee you it's going to change your life for the better in so many so many amazing and positive ways. Uh, you'll thank me as well. But all you need to do is go and pre-order a copy of the book at goodmoneygives.com. That's goodmoneygives.com. Our goal is 250 pre-orders, which I do believe with you guys is definitely attainable. Also, I will be giving away two copies of this book. So please go and pre-order a copy right now. And if you are interested in getting two free copies, all you need to do is uh, leave a rating and review over and up a podcast, screenshot it, send it to me, let me know, and you're in the running for winning. All right, guys, let's go back and learn how to make more money. I think I've spoken to a lot of uh, successful, high-profile people and many of them have told me, Jay, I can be as successful financially as I possibly want, but if there's no meaningful purpose behind it, then what's the point? Like, the point? It's, yeah. it's just like, what's the point? It's just going to sit there doing absolutely nothing and I'm going to feel miserable for the rest of my mm-hmm. life as a result. So using that money with a meaningful purpose behind you, that's going to make you 10 times more successful than say someone that has all that money, but has absolutely no purpose behind them. So I wrote that in my, my book, to, I think it was in the purpose chapter. Yes, yes. So I think I love how it just, it aligns <laughs> perfectly. Maybe I got it from you. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe well, you wherever you got it though, I, I think it's so good because people need to hear it in different angles And the angle that you wrote it may resonate with exactly the person that needs it, just like how I wrote it. The bottom line is we only get one chance here on this earth to make the impact we want. And and you and I, I think, both feel like we want to make this opportunity right now. There's no time to lose. Well, I think your message is is needed, especially in today's society, because a lot of people, they feel stuck. They feel like they've either lost quite a bit of money in the the big pandemic and it's kind of making them feel all kinds of negative emotions and like, how can I make all that money back? Like, is that even possible? Um, and I know that I lost money during the pandemic, but what kind of mindset or the mindset of, of growth and abundance, that sort of thing, what kind of, or how more or less can we have this mindset if we have lost so much? Well, you can either choose to become a victim and have that mentality or see the victor mentality. And and what I mean by that is a lot of people are licking their wounds right now. They may have lost a job. They lost their money. 
They lost their house. There's a lot of people hurting right now, and my heart goes out to each of you. The reason I wrote this book is one of the most common things I would hear from people is, Derek, I feel like I'm not paid what I'm worth. I feel like I'm worth more than what my salary would indicate. And the tough love I would give them was, and your listeners may find this hard to swallow, but that's how that company views your value. Mm-hmm. And there's no way around it. They're giving you a value check on this is what the value they say you're providing is that number. And so you have a couple different levers that you can pull. One is you could choose to jump ship and go somewhere else. And sometimes the grass is greener. Or I believe the old way that so many people have fallen uh, victim to is to bang on the boss's door and demand a raise. My expenses have gone up. I need to make more money. Well, when you say that to somebody who owns the business, what incentive is it for them? What's in it for them to give you more money? Just because you're a nice person, what you want to do is position you as a more valuable contributor to the company. This is real critical right now. So I saw this article just the other day, Jay, where people expect 2022 to be the number one year that people get raises. And so I want all of your listeners to have an inside track on not just getting the raise, but getting the biggest raise possible. Because think about this, every raise you get, that means if you put money into a retirement account, that percentage is higher every single year. So you want to be strategic about making more money. And the way to do that is, and in the book, I talk about this, what to say, what to do, but set up an appointment with your boss and say, look, I love working here. I want to make more money, but I know to do that. I need to add more value. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman that we coached on this. She was very disillusioned. She worked for a startup company for about a year and a half. And everybody else had gotten promoted except for her. And I coached her on go to your boss and talk about, look, if you were to get an advanced certification, that could help uh, save time for the other employees in the company and make you more valuable. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a way to get a referral bonus. She interviewed all of the sales team and found out how the company bonus them. She was an admin. And she realized that, look, the company needed referrals, but they relied just on the salespeople to grow the business. They could actually ask all the employees and incentivize them to say, if you know somebody who could work with us, we'll give you a bonus as well. So she goes into her boss, talks about the certifications, like, yes. You take it, I'll reimburse you, and I'll give you a $5,000 raise because that's going to help add value to what we're doing. Then she pitched him on, I know your salespeople are the only ones you've really empowered to help grow the business. What if you gave everybody in the company an incentive that if we bring a lead in, we get an, an incentive as well? The boss's eyes were huge and said, that's great. That's brilliant. So it was a way to bring more value. And she then came across as much more respected and trusted because she was thinking from the boss's standpoint, how can I grow the business? How can I drive revenue? How can I reduce costs? And that's what employers today want to hear. It's everybody's favorite radio station. What's in it for me? (laughs) W-I-I-F-M. It's kind of like, it's reminding me of creative initiative. That's not selfish. It's selfless. It's like, how does it fit the whole company? Like you just said. So I think that's good advice, actually. And one of my questions was, how can we ask or go and ask our bosses for a raise? Um, I think that's um, that's good advice, actually. But what do you think, for most people, what have you seen in your experience over the years has been some of the main mistakes that people make when it comes to earning money or making money? 
Well, one thing that I see as a big mistake is people want to get rich quick. You know, on TV, on YouTube, on the social media channels, there's always the commercials and the 60 second reels that say, here's the path to millions. Here's the easy way to wealth. Here's how to flip your way to success. And people buy into things that they don't have an understanding of that the people on those videos have had a lot of mistakes, have made a lot of uh, bad decisions, but it's helped them get to where they are today. Mm. And so for you to think, and I'm just being the voice of truth here, that you can simply jump from here to there without bypassing some of those potholes, you may be doing yourself a big disservice. So I think people need to look at where they're at right now and then make a couple decisions of how can I get to where I want to go? Yeah. You know, one of the reasons that I that I wrote the book was how can I give people tools to actually make more money? Yeah. And, you know, there's ways to start side hustles, but it's a side hustle based on your unique goals. For example, a gentleman came to me recently and said, Derek, I just want to start a side hustle. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. When people talk to you, what problem do they often ask you to help them solve? Mm. And he was stunned for a moment. He said, well, oftentimes it's to help uh, provide work on their computers and help simplify things, get their technology going. I said, that could be the side hustle because you already have proven you have knowledge in solving that problem, that pain point, and other people know you're good at it. That would be the easy way to launch. So mm. many people think I'm going to do this random thing that has no connection to me or my talents at all, but just ask yourself or, or your focus group, as I like to call your closest friends and family, hey, what would you see me doing well at? What do you see me often solving a problem for people that I could actually use at a profit? Yeah. And when you start small, because keep in mind, Jay, when people have a side hustle, that's going to mean your evenings, your weekends, you're going to be taking time away from things and people you love you want to make sure you enjoy it yeah. because if you enjoy it, that easily could parlay itself into the job that you transition to down the road. So what, what I wanted people to, to take away is how can they become empowered right now and just have a big reset button and press it and just look at their money fresh. Some people have done very, very well. Other people are really struggling. And I want, especially the people struggling right now to realize there's hope and there is a pathway to help you make more money. But even if you're only given a dollar or five dollars, when you're helping make someone else's life better, you can't help but have your life feel better as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely true. Do you think that it is better to save or to give? Well, I think both. You know, I, you know, I have always been on the extreme of the giving side. And then I give some examples of that in the book, but I giving is what motivates me. Like when I set a goal, I would enjoy helping clients make money so that I could then enjoy giving money to a cause like the local schools that I believed in. It, it was a way to be true to myself. But by the same token, I still needed to have payroll. I still needed to have money in an emergency. So what I like to think about is in percentages. You know, if you if right now you're heavily in debt and this is going to fly in the face of every financial advisor I've ever talked to, I would still encourage you to give something because people who are in debt feel like they have no control over their money or their life. But by giving, 
It gives them one little piece of control and it's control for good. Even if it's $5, $10, it may set you back a little bit in terms of paying off the debt, but you're gonna feel better and it gets you outside of your problems and you're helping people solve their problems, which is really, really powerful. And it's, I just see a, a thing consistently where people that do that and they make a commitment to help solve other people's problems, money tends to find them. As I said, money chases value. And you'll be surprised how quickly tides can turn when you're giving and also making more money. I like how you mentioned earlier how people, like you shouldn't aim for the get rich quick scheme or don't be impatient is where, where I'm getting at. Right. And like it, it amazes me because I've never been like money, money hungry. I mean, I've got two main goals that I'm working my absolute butt off to get but I've still had that mindset of if I don't have a lot of money, I still have that mindset of giving of my time. And if yes. I, if I have the money available to me, then I've still obviously got to be wise with it. So God expects me to be wise with my money. So put away aside for a rainy day, obviously, and then give to someone in need. But then the blessing isn't necessarily just on them. It's on me as well. So giving has a massive repercussion and it's, I, I understand why you're so like, you talk about it a lot <laughs> and you, yeah. you're so like wise with it is because giving is such a powerful tool uh, in, in this world. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's just like, for me, it, it's good. Like thinking about it, I'm processing everything that you just said, um, Speech. And let me let me let me add this too. You know, as you're talking about that, a, a visual comes to my mind, and that is so many people think about money as this pond. Yeah. And if you ever live near a pond, it can get kind of stagnant and it has kind of a stench to it. This film forms on the water because there's no money moving, it's just kind of trapped there. But when you begin to give, that pond begins to release different streams of money where it flows into it. Mm. And my mentality has always been that there is an unlimited supply of money, that there's just because one person is super wealthy, that doesn't mean, well, that means there's no more money for me. Yeah. It's having this money mindset that says, no, no, I can still have that as well. And one thing that I want to dismiss, one, one thing that people talk about when they think about giving is that if I give my money to a cause, it's typically portrayed as I lose and the cause wins. Money leaves my account and goes to their account. Therefore, they have more, I have less. And the whole concept of good money revolution is we want to flip that completely over and say, actually, by you giving more money, it either motivates you to make more money, or if you're in a business, it drives more people to want to work with you. So actually, by giving, you're actually making more money. Because it's driving your generosity purpose. And you say, look, if I want to give more, I need to make more. And when I make more, I get to give more. And so that's the beauty of this. And so that's why it's just, this is just a recalibration of this whole giving concept of most companies right now, especially millennials, research tells us they will actually pay more money for a product or service if they know it contributes to the world and makes people's lives better 
than another product or service. So if you're a financial advisor, if you're in sales, if you're a realtor, if you're whatever field and it's a commoditized field where people can, can work with anybody, giving and using your generosity purpose is a way to wave that big flag and say, I'm different, mm-hmm. work with me because I care about the same things that you do and it works. Is there such a thing as, uh, well, how do you know when enough is enough, like enough money? You know, that's a good question. I ask that question to myself a lot. Uh, you know, money is a motivator for me. I, I, I love to update my net worth four times a year. I call it my adult report card. Uh, it's a way to kind of track how I'm doing, you know, assets, liabilities, those kind of things. Yeah. I track my giving. It, it depends on each person. You know, many people that I meet, once they realize that, A, money is not bad, and B, it's okay to make a lot of it, they use that to motivate them because the more the more money they're making, the more value they're providing to people yeah. and the more good they're doing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, someone uh, once told me that, you know, if the best way to help the poor is not to become one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't saying don't care for the poor and don't provide attention to the poor. He just said that, having a poor mentality and being poor yourself is the last way you want to go to be able to help give. And so when you're using that as an incentive, you know, as I talk about in the book, and this is an interesting story, there there was a woman who called me frantically on a Saturday. I was in my office catching up on some things and I saw the voicemail message blinking and I thought I need to just press this and you never know what's on the other line. And a frantic woman's voice said, Derek, you've got to help me. I bounced a check and I think I'm going to go to jail. Well, my gosh, when you hear a message like that, I realized I could either wait two days and call her back Monday, or if she's that frantic now, she'll likely put herself in a mental prison cell over the weekend and this will really get amped up. So I called her right back and I said, look, no problem. Tell me what happened. She said, I forgot to move money from my checking to savings. I wrote a check and bounced. I said, it's no problem. We'll move the money. I'll help you call the bank on Monday. We'll take care of it. But I'm curious, why do you think you're going to go to jail? Because you're not. This kind of stuff happens all the time. She said, what? And she was beside herself. She said, Derek, when I was a kid growing up, one time my dad went to the store to buy school supplies for me and my siblings. And he accidentally wrote a hot check and the store manager called him. She said, I remember this vividly. And he said, I'm going to put you in jail for writing a hot check. Well, as a kid, she said that was seared in her mind. And here she was 50 years later. She thought everybody that wrote a hot check would go to jail. And that money belief was limiting her. And we began to unfold more deeper issues of it was costing her money and her salary, how she made on her investments, her mentality, because of what she saw. And I said, look, that was an isolated case. The manager that called your dad was a jerk. He shouldn't have done that, but it jaded your potential. So let's start fresh. And you could just hear her exhale and just let out those bad money beliefs. And believe me, if she's thinking that, many, many people all around this world have had similar experiences. And those beliefs that they thought were real are holding them back from making the money that they truly could be making. Yeah. The limiting beliefs stop us and cripple us and do so many negative things, 
for making or helping us reach our full potential, which is why I think this book is so, so important. I've read a lot of financial books from different people. You got your Tony Robbins, you got your Peter Malooks, you've got all these great people that have written a lot about financial. You got Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, for example. How is your book different in a special way to all these other books? Well, first of all, you've named some great authors there, and uh, I've learned a lot from each of them. What I find right now is most financial books are all geared toward, hey, just go make money, and here's asset allocation, and here's risk and standard deviation, and all these technical terms that cause people to feel overwhelmed and frustrated. My book is a no-shame financial book. It's about helping you get from where you are right now to where you want to be. Your financial past has passed. I want to help you walk through your financial failures and move the ball forward so that a year from now, you're doing better financially. So, you know, so many books out there talk about you shouldn't buy that coffee at the coffee shop or you shouldn't go out to eat. Look, I I don't want you to live the life that you want because I find that happy people tend to make happier financial decisions and just live a happier life. And so that's what this book is about. It's called a revolution because a revolution is about taking an old way of thinking and recognizing know what, there's a better way to do this. And so my mantra is there's a better way for your money today. And that is let's let's restart and rethink how we do our money and tie it back to what leads us to ultimate fulfillment and meaning. You know, Jay, there's several movies, you know, Braveheart and Gladiator and all these great shows that are out there that there's always a character at the end of the show that is laying on their pillow and they have regrets And they say, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done this better. I want each of your listeners and viewers, even today, to lay their head on their pillow, knowing that in a small way, I made a difference. You know, as as the poet once said, you know, because I have lived, other people's lives are better. And that's what I want for each person right now. And money, money is the biggest tool, I believe, to do that. And if you make more money and the book shows you how to do that, you can do the good you've always wanted. Derek, my friend, I could speak to you honestly for hours and we have done that. We, yes, <laughs> we have. Fast, it's amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love our conversations because I always feel uplifted and I always learn so much, but I want to give my audience uh, insight into how they can get a copy of this book. I believe we have this special uh, incentive going on for people that they can go and get a copy of the book. So would you be able to mention that for, for the audience so they, so they know? Yeah, yeah, this is super cool, Jay. And uh, so kind of follow me here. So one of the principles of the book is to give. And I, and I believe the more money you're making, you're going to want to be giving it. And there's an organization that I came across about a year ago and, you know, crippling medical debt for so many families unintended is holding them back. These are good folks, people that work hard, but might have been insurance they didn't have or premiums they couldn't pay, whatever it is. And there's a company out there called RIP Medical Debt. And what they do is they buy delinquent medical debt for pennies on the dollar. So get this. If I make a donation to them for $1,000, it actually pays $100,000 worth of medical debt off. It's a 100 to 1 multiplier. So what we're doing, because it ties in with the book, if those of you listening and watching pre-order 250 copies of Good Money Revolution because we want to get this into the world. 
I will make a donation of $1,000 in Jay's name to RIP Medical, which will pay off $100,000 of crippling medical debt. And we've, we've set up a URL for Jay and I. It's go to goodmoneydonates.com. So www.goodmoneydonates.com. So when this podcast airs, and then 48 hours later, we're going to tabulate all those. We'd love to have you be part of this. So I believe this book will help you, but it's also helping make other people's lives better. And you're helping pay off crippling medical debt. And that's something you can lay your head on your pillow at night and know you made a big difference in people's lives. Which I think is honestly incredible. So I'll make sure that everyone knows where to find that link will be in the show notes below for you guys, but go, go to that link, get a copy of this book. I'll also be doing a two book giveaway in a line with this, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. awesome. Um, So I want this message to go far and wide. It's called a revolution for a reason. (laughs) Let's make it go. Absolutely insane. Derek, my friend, can I just say thank you once again for your time today, for your stories for your wisdom, your advice, for helping so many people change the way that they see money and for being the catalyst for this incredible revolution. I'm a part of it. I'm grateful to be a part of it. But thank you so much, my friend, for joining me today on the Storybox podcast again. Well, Jay, thank you for that. And uh, I will say this because a lot of listeners and viewers may wonder, what's Jay like behind the scenes? We've had a lot of conversations (laughs) off air. This is the real deal. Jay, you're so encouraging to me. I always leave our Zoom calls together because we're like eight hour different time frames, encouraged and motivated uh, to pursue what God has put in my heart. So I want to say thank you, brother, for that. And it's always a joy to be with you on your show. I'm grateful, my friend. Always grateful. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.